Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to get your offerings together right now, your tithe together right now. I'm big on atmospheres. How many appreciate the atmosphere in the room right now? Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm looking at this crowd on the holiday weekend, and I'm telling you the devil is in trouble. Come on, look at this holiday weekend, wall-to-wall people. God is doing something in this house, and the atmosphere as we race into this new year is one of destiny and purpose. We're doing more than we've ever done, and you're enabling that by your faithfulness, but your faithfulness to God unlocks God's blessings in your life. Now, like I said, I'm big on atmospheres, and what I do in an atmosphere, and I want Dawn to do it today, I sow into an atmosphere. Even if I'm not tithing, I bring a gift and an offering into an atmosphere because I just believe that God honors giving. God, you you say, well, uh, uh, apostle, you're trying to manipulate me. Giving manipulates God. How are you going to manipulate El Shaddai? Come on, somebody. Giving doesn't manipulate God. Giving moves God. So when we give, it moves God's heart. So I would challenge you today to give, to sow. And I believe that we're setting up our harvest when we sow today. So I want everybody to get your offering together. And just before I teach and preach the word, you by live stream, welcome. Let's give all of our live streamers a great big God bless you. You by live stream, this is your moment. You can sow and give as well. There are many ways to give. You can give online, you can text to give, or you can give in an envelope. But usually we have a lot in the middle, but I am just so ready to preach. I wanted to go ahead and receive this offering and give you a chance to sow. But I feel like preaching today. Anybody hungry for the word? But I don't want you to miss a moment to be able to sow into your destiny. Are there any tithers and givers in the room? Make a little noise if you're a giver. So I want you to hold that up, and I'm going to pronounce a blessing over your giving. You by live stream, you give as well. Father, thank you for this opportunity to give. Thank you for your people who love you. I pray today that as they give, that you will open up the windows of heaven and pour out on them blessings that they can't even receive. People that are sowing beyond their tithe and giving offerings today, let this offering bring a supernatural harvest. I declare even this week. Are you ready for this? Hold up your hands. I declare 30, 60, and 100 fold as people give. I got, I got about half of you that received it. I said, I, re- I declare 30, 60, and 100 fold even this week as people give. If you receive it, somebody say amen. All right, just stand for the reading of God's word. I'm about to go in. I have so much to be thankful for today. Anybody thankful? I, I said, anybody thankful, thankful, thankful? Did you get enough to eat? How many of you got too much to eat? You know, God, I look at my own life, Precious, and I can say that God has been better than good to me. I I think as a man, a husband, a father, a church leader, and so much more, I have so much gratitude in my life. But as I stand before you today, I'm extremely aware of this reality. I am in no way satisfied. I am in no way thinking that all that I've seen is all that there is. Something inside of me is decreeing and declaring to my very own self that we haven't seen anything yet, that the very best is before us. Come on, it's been 25 years, but I declare that the next years are gonna outdo anything that we've ever seen as a ministry, 
We're going to raise up sons and daughters. We're going to start more campuses. And your life is going to be more impacted than it's ever been by the power of God. If you're ready for that, give God a praise right now. Come on. So I'm not going to stop at a false finish line. I'm here today to bring a word to you, and it's simply this. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, I won't settle. I won't settle. Joshua 17, verse 1. There were also a lot of the tribe of Manasseh, for he was the firstborn of Joseph, namely of Makur, the firstborn of Manasseh, the father of Gilead, because he was a man of war. Therefore, he was given Gilead and Bashan. Why was he given them? Because he was a man of war. And there was a lot for the rest of the children of Manasseh, according to their families. For the children of Abaziar and Helic and Ezreal and, and the children of Shechem and the children of Hefer. Come on, they must have been in southern Israel, y'all. And the children of Shemada. And these were the male children of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, according to the family. But Zelipheth, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Mecca, the son of Manasseh. Where is Bill at? Where is Bob? Come on. Had no sons but only daughters, and these are the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Zetidra. And they came near before Eleazar the priest, before Joshua the son of Nun, and before the rulers, saying, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our brothers. Therefore, according to the commandment of the Lord, he gave them their inheritance among their father's brothers, ten shares fell to Manasseh besides the land of Gilead and Bashan where the other were on the other side of the Jordan. Joshua 17, 14. Then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua saying, why have you given us these five women only a lot and one share to inherit since we are a great people inasmuch as the Lord blessed us up until now? So Joshua said to them, if you are a great people, then go up to the forest country, clear a place for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and the giants, since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. But the children of Joseph said, listen now, the hill is not enough for us. We are not satisfied with a hill when we've been promised a mountain. Come on, somebody. Verse 17, and Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You are a great people and have great power, and you shall not only have one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down, and its farthest extent shall be yours, for you will drive out the Canaanites, the giants, though they have iron chariots and are strong. I want to teach for a few minutes along these lines the hill is not enough. Is there anybody here, you're thankful for what you've got, but in Jesus' name, there is more and you will not settle. I only wanna hear from the people who will not settle in the next season. I'm gonna, I'm, one more time, I said, if you won't settle in the next season, let me hear you right now, give God a praise. So Father, we raise up our hands and we say we won't settle. Teach us and lead us by your word. The heel is not enough. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of praise right now. Give him a great big praise. You can be seated. What I'd like for you to do is take a moment and go to your Facebook page and share this and invite people to church. This is going to be a moment I believe God is going to use. I love this passage 
because I have made up in my mind, precious, I am not settling. If God has promised me more, I'm going to have more. I wonder if there's any more people in the room. Where are the more people at? Here we see some of the mighty daughters who refused to settle. They could have just chilled and took what came to them, but they made up in their mind that they were going to possess the promise of God. Now, now bear in mind, to have this promise, they had to rise up. And if you want to possess God's promises, you're going to have to rise up. The Bible says that the kingdom suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. How many of you in this next season, you're not playing with the devil, and you're not playing with your promise? Everything God has said about you is going to be your reality. If that's you, give him some praise right now. Now, I want to give a brief introduction to this text as I plow into it. The promised land is being divvied out and shared among the children of Israel. But before I get into this thing in totality, I want, to, I want to take one second of this message and talk about Manasseh. The Bible said there was also a lot for the tribe of Manasseh, for he was the firstborn of Joseph, namely Makur, the firstborn of Manasseh, the father of Gilead, because he was a man of war. Therefore, he was given Gilead and Bashan. Now, the tribe of Manasseh received Gilead and Bashan because they were men of war. They knew how to fight. And I want you to hear me. They were willing to do whatever it took to possess their promise and walk into their destiny. Three quick things as I plow into this message. Number one, they possessed Gilead. Gilead means this. It means the rocky and the hard places. See, we want to possess rocky places and hard places and difficult places, but we don't want to have to go through anything to obtain it. If you're going to break through, if you're going to walk in the fullness of what God has called you to walk in, there will be times when you have to traverse rocky places. Make no mistake, you're going to have to fight. Have you ever had rocky times? Some of y'all are like, you feel like rocky, come on. But some of y'all in the room, you know what I'm talking about. You ever had a rocky time in your marriage? You ever had a rocky time with your family, your career, your ministry, your life, within your own self? Somebody that I'm talking to right now is going through a rocky season. But I would say to you today, precious, whoever said it would be easy? Whoever told you that you wouldn't have to fight? If we're not careful, we will settle or quit when things get rocky and tough. But we've got to refuse. The people of Manasseh were men of war. They knew how to fight to receive their inheritance. So the thing started with the men of Manasseh receiving Gilead, the rocky and hard place. But then God gave them Bashan. And Bashan means the fruitful place. Now don't miss this. If you will contend in the hard places, God will lead you into the fruitful places. Oh, I need somebody that I'm teaching today that receives it. Give God a praise right now. God always has an agenda in a rocky place. He always wants to take you into a, in through a rocky season and into a place where there is fruitfulness. I decree and declare by faith today that there are some of you that have been contending in the last season with rocky places, but God is about to lead you from the rocky place to the fruitful place. Somebody say, I'm ready. 
Yeah, I am not going to pitch my tent and stay in the rocky place. I'm going to fight until I get out of the rocky place and land in the fruitful place. Now, I want to jump into this teaching. If you're ready, somebody shout, bring it on. First thing I want to show you, number one, is don't give up on what God promised. Even that message in tongues and the interpretation spoke to us about the faithfulness of God. The Bible said that they came near before Eleazar, these sisters, and before Joshua, the son of Nun, and before the rulers, saying, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our brothers. Therefore, according to the commandment of the Lord, he gave them an inheritance among their father's brothers. Now, now, don't you love to see the daughters standing up? Are there any daughters in the house that don't stand up? Tell everybody on your row, say, look out for the daughters. Come on. Yeah, don't sleep on the daughters, y'all. I need some women to help me. Just come on, tell everybody on your row, don't sleep on the daughters. The daughters are bad. I said, the daughters are bad. The daughters will bind the devil. The daughters will rebuke the enemy off of their children. The daughters will pray till their husband gets filled with the Holy Ghost. The daughters, the daughters are bad. Don't mess with the daughters. Let me hear from some daughters in the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me hear from the daughters who go possess your promise in this next season. The daughters are bad. The daughters are bad. The daughters are bad. These girls were champions. They were absolutely determined to possess what was theirs. They said, we're going to have it. And these five daughters had been promised an inheritance in Numbers 36. Now, normally, the inheritance went to the sons. But these girls spoke up and declared that there had been a promise made that there were no sons to receive the inheritance. So the daughter said, if there ain't a son that'll take it, I'm a daughter and I'll take it. That can go to the daughters, but it can go across the board. How many of you can say, if my brother don't want it, I want it. If my sister don't want it, I want it. If my daddy don't want it, I want it. If my mother don't want it, I want it. If you want the promises of God in your life, let me hear from you. You want them? These five daughters were amazing because they declared that there had been a promise made and they came to claim what was theirs. This promise was many years old and it had been given through God's servant and they had not received the promise yet. So they came to make good on what God had said. These women refused to allow tradition social taboos, intimidation, any of that to deny them of what God had promised. Because there were men and and those who were religious who were looking down thinking, man, these girls should not even be here. And you better hear me, there will be many times in your walk when, when you're given the option of getting intimidated and giving up on your promise. But listen, in moments of pressure, in these times of intensity, you've got to ask yourself, you've got to decide, will I quit or will I refuse to be denied? I don't know about you, 
but I am at a place in my life where I am refusing to be denied. I'm not going to give the devil an inch. I'm not going to give him a centimeter. I'm not going to give him a millimeter. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to give the devil any ground. I'm letting the devil know you can't have my family. You can't have my promise. You can't have my prosperity. You can't have my healing. Y'all, you can't have my money. You can't have my victory. You can't have my joy. Is there anybody here that has made up in your mind that whatever God has promised you, you're not going to be denied? Now here, precious, is what is so powerful. These girls came up and said, my Lord, in verse 2, my Lord, and if you read it in the Bible, that word Lord is actually lowercase. My Lord, lowercase was commanded by the Lord, uppercase. My Lord, little L, was commanded by the Lord, big L, to give the inheritance of Zelophehad, our brothers, to his daughters. Oh, this is powerful to me. It's amazing. I want you to zero in on who is the architect of this promise. It's not Joshua. And it isn't Moses, but it is the capital L-O-R-D. These women are so amazing because they said in verse 2, my Lord was commanded by the Lord. My Lord, small L, was commanded by the Lord. They showed respect when they stood before these rulers and said, you are a Lord, small L, uh, lowercase l, O-R-D, but you don't have the final authority in my life. You may have influence, but you don't have the final word because my Lord, the word Lord there means ruler, it means governor, it means superintendent. They, say he, they basically said, you are an employee. You are not an owner, come on somebody. Because the Bible said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. My Lord was commanded by the Lord. Lord there is a powerful word. It is literally the word Jehovah. And it means the God who is ever existing and the God who brings his promises to pass. He, he said, listen, manager, listen, superintendent, I know that we've been doing things a certain way, but you've been commanded by the head honcho. You've been commanded by the one who owns everything to give us our inheritance. There are times when you've got to stand in opposition of people, opposition of doubters, opposition of those that would speak against you, even if they have authority, even if they've been big in your life, and you have to say, no, I know what God said about my children. I know what God said about my promise. Let me tell you something. I know what God said about revival. I don't care what people say on Facebook. I don't care what people post on Instagram. There is a God who is on my side. He's always been on my side. And every promise that he made me shall come to pass. I want you to stop and thank God right now that the little lords don't have power over the Lord. 
Y'all, I'm talking about judges. I'm talking about governors. I'm talking about presidents. I'm talking about earthly kings. There's not anybody in this world who has more authority than God. Bankers don't have more authority than y'all. Better help me. There is no one that has the authority that God has. And I decree and declare that in your life, every promise that he made shall come to pass if you will claim it. But here is the dilemma. What do you do when God said it and it hadn't happened yet? Can I find the real people? Well, apostle, you know, I've been believing this for 36 months. I paid my car off in 36 months. Come on. Some of y'all 72 months in. Don't do that. That's free right there. Don't, 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 don't rent houses and buy cars. There's another one that's free for you. Get yourself in position where you can live in a house that you own. How about this? I declare that in 2023, people that have not owned homes are going to supernaturally own homes in the name of Jesus. I want to hear from the people right now who have some promises you know that God has made for you, but they haven't manifested yet. Is there anybody that's right there? But here's what I want you to know, precious. The promises of God over your life don't have an expiration date. That means if God said it, you just walk it out. It's just a matter of time. Some of y'all think it's a matter of money. It's not a matter of money. It's a matter of time. Some of y'all think it's a matter of influence or connections. No, it's just a matter of times. And one of the enemy's main ploys in this process is to get you to give up prematurely. He will try to convince you that because your miracle has not manifested on your timeline, that it's not coming ever. But I have come to tell you today, don't give up. If God has made you a promise, don't give up. The Bible said, sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break forth in singing, O ye mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. The Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and the Lord has forgotten me. But the Lord said, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion for the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not Forget you. I dare you to tell everybody in your whole row, God hasn't forgotten you. Yeah, yeah, God hadn't forgot his promise to you. God hadn't forgot what he said about you. Don't give up. You are anointed for this season. Don't give up. You're going to make it. Don't give up. Don't let the enemy convince you that God does not care and that God has forgotten you. If God made you a promise, be like these daughters of destiny and say the heel is not enough. I'm going to possess whatever God said. So I would tell you in the last part of this year, quit whining. Who am I talking to? Oh, thank you for being honest. Quit whining and start worshiping. The Bible said, sing, O heavens, and be joyful. And break forth in singing, O mountain. I'm telling you, this is not the time for you to whine. 
No whining allowed. No sitting around and complaining. This is the time for you to sing. Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Get up. Here comes breakthrough. Here comes breakthrough. Here comes breakthrough. This is what it looks like. I was going to dance, but my daughter made fun of my dance moves last week. Come on, y'all. If God has made you a promise, don't give up. Instead of whining and complaining over the problem, get in faith and sing and be joyful over the promise. Look at somebody and say, you're going to like me the rest of this year. You're going to really like me. Tell them. Tell them you're going to like hanging out with me. Yeah, just tell everybody on your own, I'm the one you want to hang out with. You want to go to coffee? Go with me. You want to go to lunch? Go with me. You know why? Because I'm not going to be whining. I'm not going to be complaining. I'm not going to be doubting. But I'm saying, get ready, get ready. God is about to move in my situation. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. All right. So number one, understand, precious. Understand. Don't give up on what God promised. But number two, you must be willing to work. Now it's quiet in here. Oh, I want every promise of God. I want a prosper apostle, but didn't you want to sleep till 11 o'clock? You must be willing to work. It's a four-letter word. Come on, somebody. And it's not a dirty word. The Bible said, then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua saying, why have you given us only one lot and one share to inherit since we are a great people inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now. So Joshua said to them, if you are a great people, the jury's out. You say you're a great people, but if you are a great people, then go up to the forest country, clear a place for yourself in the land of the Perizzites and of the giants since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. See, here's what you got to understand. Great people work. I have a word for somebody in the room. Go to work. I say go to work. Somebody, so, listen, when McDonald's, when Bucky's is paying like 20 bucks an hour, go to work. My first job, I got $3.10 an hour. My whole check was $99. I wasn't even making 100 bucks. But let me tell you, I went to work, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm helping somebody. You got to go to work. And if you'll go to work, the Bible said if you work, whatever you do, it will prosper. How many of you are ready to work and do whatever it takes? Great people work. They don't make excuses. He said, if you are a great people, the word great there means the captain, the chief, the ones who have it going on. Jesus, the, the Bible said here, you're a great people. If you, are a, if you are the captain, if you are the chief, if you're a great people, the servant of God said, get up and work. Joshua said, you call yourself great, but that's a big if. It doesn't matter how gifted you are if you don't work. It doesn't matter how smart you are if you don't work. Let me mess up a preacher. It doesn't matter how anointed you are 
if you don't work, it doesn't matter how great somebody thinks they are. If they don't work, they don't get the promise. Truly great people understand this. Don't just talk about it, be about it. You are not what you talk about, you are what you do. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, get to work. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who I helped just then, but get to work. Set your clock. Get out of bed. Get to work. I want, I, want, I want to have a financial breakthrough. Get to work. I want a degree. Get to work. Well, apostle, I'm getting this degree and I need the Lord to help me now. I was out all night Friday night and I've been partying and I've been, but I know that that degree is mine. It's mine. I claim it in the name of Jesus. And then you're standing outside your classroom about to go into your college uh, exam and you got the book and you put it on your head and you say, in the name of Jesus, take all that information now. I just received it. Blah, 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 blah. I don't care how much you speak in tongues. I don't care how much you stand there and confess, if you ain't done nothing, they won't be nothing. It's when you make up in your mind, I'm going to get about it. I want somebody who's ready to work. Open up your mouth and give God a praise. How many people want the blessings and benefits of the mountain, but they are unwilling to work? We don't labor for salvation, but we labor for everything else. Now in salvation is healing and deliverance and power, but honey, at some point you got to work. The Bible instructs us, he said, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Come on now. I'm, on, I'm not gonna stay here very long. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. It's when you decide to work. Winners are workers. They figure it out, then they work it out. I want you to hear me. So you have to be willing to work. But then number three, you have to be ready to fight. So we're willing to work and we're ready to fight. If you're ready to fight, come on, make a little noise in here right now. For you will drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. True winners are willing to fight. This part of the country had been allotted to them, and it was a wonderful part. But here was the caveat. They had to fight the Canaanites. They had to fight the giants. And the Bible said that their enemies had chariots of iron. And on the axle of these chariots, there were attached long razor-sharpened pieces of metal that literally mowed down their enemies. And Joshua said, you're going to have to drive them out, though they are strong and though they have chariots of iron. I need to encourage someone today. And I want to tell you that when you are anointed and when God makes you a promise, even if the odds are against you, you're going to have to fight and you are going to win. I'm speaking in faith. You are going to win. I want you to get a neighbor by the hand and I want you to grab their hand and I want you to say, neighbor, I don't know about you, but I'm speaking it over myself. I am going to win. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
You know that game yesterday with FSU and Florida, I didn't have a dog in the hunt, but that was some kind of a game. And at the end, the Seminoles were, they were conquerors and they were winners, but they fought until the bitter end. I have come to let the devil know if he thinks that we're going to back down and be quiet and give in in the fourth quarter, the devil is sadly mistaken. There are some of us that are ready to fight. If you're ready to fight, open up your mouth and give God a praise right now. You can't call yourself a winner unless you're willing to fight. Fight. The enemy's been fighting you over your family, fight back. The enemy's been fighting you over your destiny, fight back. The enemy's been fighting you over your prosperity, fight back. It's time to fight back. It's time to, I'm fighting back against discord in this nation. I'm fighting back against the agenda of hell. It is time to fight back. The devil thinks he's going to have my children and your children and this next generation. But there is a church that is rising up in the earth that is ready to fight back. Y'all, I, I, I better stay on my notes, but I feel this. I am sick and tired of the sexualization of our children. I have had it up to here with the agenda of the enemy. When our kids can't even watch Peppa Pig. On Peppa Pig now, they have a same-sex couple. In the recent Scooby-Doo on, on, on a Halloween, Selma came out as a lesbian. Let me tell you, the devil is a liar. Where is the church that would tell the world, I don't talk to my five-year-old about sexuality. Don't you talk to my five-year-old about sexuality. We think that this is gonna happen without a fight, but there has to be a church that will rise up and say, I'm ready to fight. Let's get about it, about it. If you're ready to fight, open up your mouth and give God a praise. I'm over it. I'm over it. Apostle, you better be careful. You're going to offend somebody. I'm tired of the believers, supposedly, that sit in the church and they are offended about everything except sin. I'm ready to fight. I said, I'm ready to fight. When the AMA says that the American Medical Association says that you can assign the sexual identity of a child at birth, it's impossible that no longer should you put a boy or a girl, a male or a female, come on somebody, because it's now impossible. All these years, we've been identifying boys and girls. I'm gonna mess y'all up. I'm off my notes, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not complicated. If the child is born, I'm gonna say too much. If the child is born, if he has a penis, he is a boy. If she has a vagina, she is a girl. Where is the church that will fight back against this insanity? This is insanity. And I have made up in my mind, I'm not giving an inch. I'm not giving a centimeter. I'm gonna fight back. 
If you're going to fight with apostles, open up your mouth and give God a praise. It's a fight. I said it's a fight. It's a fight. It's going to be a fight for this generation. It's going to be a fight for these young people. It's going to be a fight, but buddy, I'm ready for the fight. In 2023, I'm not limping in. I'm not crawling in. I'm walking in with my shoulders back, and I'm letting hell know this house is a house of revival. Uh. Hey. I want all the people who agree with me, just give God a praise right now. Come on. This is a saint of God thing. This ain't a denominational thing. This ain't a black thing or a white thing or a Spanish thing. This is a saint of God thing. Where are the saints? And how many of you would say apostle, there are personal promises in my life that I have yet to see manifest yet. Come on. How many of you know that if God said it, he will do it? I feel like I need to speak this. The only way, young man, you can lose is by refusing to fight. Paul told his young son, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Timothy, it's a fight, but it's a good fight, and you're going to have to fight it in faith. And then Paul turns and tells Timothy at the end of his life, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Finally. Somebody say finally. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me. Not me only on that day, but to all those who love his appearing. Bless God, I fought a good fight and I kept the faith. I have been at this too long, y'all. I've been preaching it before Calvary folk too long to give up now. I'm fighting the fight and you ain't seen nothing yet in the name more campuses more growth more increase that must be your mentality what do you believe your God can do he's a can do God Tell, tell somebody in your neighborhood, say, victory comes in cans, not, not can'ts. I said, victory comes in cans, not can'ts. I said, victory comes in cans, not can'ts. How many of y'all need a can of breakthrough right now? How many of y'all need a can of healing right now? Tell your neighbor, say, open the can. How many of y'all need a can of healing right now? How many of y'all need a can of joy right now? How many of y'all need a can of victory right now? Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, open the can. You say, Apostle, how do you open the can? You open it with your praise. Somebody open up your mouth and give God a praise. 
Possessed the land of Canaan. Canaan was where the giants were. And if you define Canaan, Canaan means the low places. It's the word Kena or the lowlands. And to get all that God has promised you, you're going to have to be willing to drive out the giants of compromise. The giants of sin, rebellion, pride, immorality, depression, self-doubt, the tough times, and fight. So you got to be willing to work, you got to be willing to fight, but number four, you must refuse to settle. If you're not going to settle, open up your mouth right now and act like it with your praise. Come on. No, no, no. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. If you're not going to settle for lost children, you're not going to settle for not enough. You're not going to settle for discord. You're not going to settle for the agenda of hell. Open up your mouth and make a pronouncement. I won't settle. Somebody shout it out. Say, I refuse to settle. No, I need everybody to vocalize that and let every demon in hell hear it. I refuse to settle. I refuse to settle. I refuse to settle. Here's the... Come on. You know what? Say it five times. Say, I refuse. I, I, I refuse to settle. I refuse. Now shout like you believe it. I've come to tell somebody that the heel is not enough. I said the heel is not enough. If God has promised you the mountain, don't you settle for the hill. If you ain't settling, jump on your feet and give God a praise right now. Get your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, I need 30 seconds to give God praise because the hill is not enough. If you're gonna possess the mountain, give him praise. Can I be Joshua in your life? Can I say over you what Joshua said over the daughters? You ready? You ain't ready. I said, you ready? Oh, you ain't ready. I said, you ready? Throw up your hands. Verse 18. Here's what I declare. This mountain shall be yours. Now give God a praise like you believe it. 
I'm telling you, we are closing out 2023 and we're letting all hell know this mountain shall be yours. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say neighbor. Say go ahead and give him glory. This mountain shall be yours. The Lord said it. I said the Lord said it. I said the Lord Jehovah said it. Jehovah said it. should have been there when I came through. Church was on fire in the Holy Ghost. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I felt the Spirit moving all over. You don't believe I've been redeemed? Follow me down to the Jordan stream. I stepped in the water, the water was cold. It chilled my body but not.
settle for the hill. So I'm going to tell you about Apostle. In the last three years, and listen, I have no complaints. Our church is doing better than it's ever done. Somebody give God praise for it. Come on. We've got more campuses, more influence. When you have a great destiny, the devil will use people and try to fillet you alive. But there has to come a point where you say, man, whatever God has said about me, it is in place. So, so I love everybody. And anybody who's watching this, you can get mad at me if you want to. But I refuse to settle talk about me, post about me. I've got some new pictures coming out. You can actually use one of my new pictures and put, say whatever you want to say. But one thing I want you to know, the heal is not enough. I'm going to possess the mountain. I need you to pray for me because when I leave here, run home and finish packing my bags and go to Orlando and from Orlando I fly to Miami and from Miami I fly to Tel Aviv and I'll be in Israel here in the next 24 hours or so we've been invited by the largest landholder in all of Israel who happens to be a Jew who trusts Jesus as his personal savior Tuesday morning, I'll be in the Knesset. That is basically the 120 leaders of Israel. I'll be right there with them. And our agenda is to bring Jesus to the Jews and the Muslims who are in the Holy Land. Oh, Apostle, why are you even doing that? Because the hill is not enough. What's ironic is they, they've asked me to preach. They're finding pastors from around the world. And they asked me to preach. And of all places, they asked me to preach in the upper room. 
Come on, y'all know. Oh, Holy Ghost filled Jim Rayleigh. I'm gonna walk in there going, ka da da bo sha da 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 bye. Some of the pastors gonna look at me and I'm gonna say, he sha da da bo sha. Listen, if it worked then, it'll work right now. Ah, the promise is still alive. I said the promise is still alive. It's that way in the upper room. It's that way in your room today. So we close out this, this year. We're not going to close out, Pastor Josh, afraid or weak. We are closing out with the mentality that we're going to possess every promise God has for us. How many of y'all know 2023 doesn't even know what's about to hit it in the name of Jesus? So I want to, I'm going to close this out, and I know I've been kind of kind of all over the place and on it today, but I told Dawn, I said, I can't wait to get to church and preach. I just feel like preaching. I feel like many of you are about to possess promises that have been long coming. And this word was just to push you into that destiny. Now, just before I close, I want to say this. If you're my special guest, before I go to Israel, I'm going to stop back by in the back. I'd love to hug your neck. We've had tons of guests that have stopped. We've got tons of new people. We did a newcomer's party. Folks are getting attached to the church. All of our campuses are growing. Think about this. We have a congregation now in Palm Coast of almost 500 people. We have a congregation in, uh, in Orlando that's now topping 1,100 people. God's moving. But I would love to get to hug your neck and meet you right back there in the back. But, man, I would miss it all if I didn't take this moment. And just ask you where you are in your walk with the Lord. With heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this room and you're watching online, and you say, Apostle, I, I claimed all that that you taught today. But there are elements of my life that are yet unsubmitted and unsurrendered. And when you pray, Apostle, pray for me because I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. There, there's sin in my life, and I know some of my problems have come because I'm not surrendered. I'm not submitted. And I need to get things right today. If Jesus came back and he's coming, y'all, I don't even know where I am for sure in my walk with him. So, Apostle, when you pray for somebody, pray for me. If you know there's things in your life that alienate you from the Lord, when I count to three, raise your hand. Apostle, pray for me. One, remember me, Apostle. Two, I want to leave here right with God. Three, slip up your hand right now. Hold it up. Oh, man, every section. Hold it up right now. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If that's you, and you know you need to raise your hands. Five, four, hands are still being raised. Three, Two, one. That hand being raised marks your desire for a new beginning. 
Hold that hand up. If you raised it up, keep it up. I'm going to ask you to come right here to the front and make this step, and I'm going to pray with you, and God's going to turn your whole world around. If you raised your hand and you really meant it, I want you to come. If somebody next to you raised their hands, I want you to make a little room and space for them so they can slip out of the aisle and come down. If you, if you, you don't even have to come by yourself. Somebody will come with you. Reach and get a neighbor by the hand if they raise their hand and bring them down here. Here they come, y'all. Here they come. Look at this. She says, I'm coming, surrender. Come on, darling. Come on, here we come. Hallelujah. Oh, I worship you, Lord. John, sing something. I feel like there's about 10 more people that might come. Here's, here they come. Here they come. Sing something, son. Somebody worship. People are going to come. You need to come. Come on. Somebody slip up your hands as people come. sing it through one more time and if you know this is your moment I want you to come don't miss it come on say it now I Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can visit calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.